Hello and welcome to Thoughts and Everything, Episode 2. My name is Paul LeVon and I am your host. As mentioned before, this is a multidimensional podcast, so today we're going to go on a tangent and interview a shaman and restaurateur. This episode is brought to you by Redmond Life. Simple, clean, and real. Redmond, live your journey with real salt. Relight, powered by real salt. Relight stick packs. Earth paste and natural clay-based tooth powder. Available at a natural food store near you, online or at redmond.life.com. Also available on our website. Okay, my guest today is uh, Kimberly Harlan from Modern Shaman, uh, which is a shaman restaurant. Kimberly herself is a shaman, is a student of shamanism, is that correct? Correct, yes. Okay, what does that imply? Let me just start by saying that, um, you know, like kind of what is a shaman? Okay. Uh, basically, shaman exists on every continent in every culture. Yeah. And my experience was traveling throughout Peru and Bolivia with multiple mm-hmm. shaman. And at the end of 2017. Okay. Um, shaman are basically the, usually the indigenous mystical healers they hold the ancient knowledge of healing and work with sort of the um the healing powers of what they call pachamama in my experience pot you said it's called pachamana pachamama what is that what does that imply pacha it, it literally translates to earth to mother earth mother earth yeah yeah so mother nature mother earth the one who um, knows right that's a shaman yeah it is the um the soul essence of this planet so kim i have here something from uh, nancy caldwell who said that the quote core is is a nature is the connection to nature yes and basically that's what is uh missing uh from modern modern culture that connection to nature well yeah i think that's a very fair statement um you know as human beings we've always been connected to the earth uh, to grow our food primarily, but um, spiritually also. Um, you know, the Native Americans in this country, obviously bef- before us, were extremely connected to the earth and to the um, the mysticism of... of um, right, right. Because, you know, the... the um, now, again, Western... In the Western world, they, we, they, we always talk about indigenous, you know, primitive cultures and, quote-unquote, noble savages. Um they, they tout them, and I'm, I'm sure you'd say that they're more that they're pure, uncorrupted, and sort of Eden type of thing. So it's like they, they live in Eden, and we can talk about that because they're arguing against that also, right? Um, um, you know, it's hard for me to say. I, I can only imagine because I don't, you know, I don't have personal experience in, in living in that mode. We human beings have gone through so many evolutionary processes. Yeah, obviously, um, moving out of the agrarian systems into the industrial and the industrial revolution, and that is when I would say, obviously, that you know we started to lose connection with the earth. We started building machines. Um, life completely and totally changed. You know, fast forward to my mom going to work in the early 70s and we got a microwave oven and started eating out of cans uh today as far as food goes and being connected to the natural healing properties of the earth 
I mean, we don't even have to get out of our cars to get food. You know, we just do the drive-through. So we have. So you th- so your so your uh, reason to go into shamanism was sort of that um, response to, to you know the automated lifestyle. Well, it's it, it kind of was. Um, you don't seem to be the type of person who would enjoy living in New York. <laughs> I have traveled to New York on business probably fifty times. I have spent really? a lot of times, a lot of trips. Interesting. In New York City. Do you enjoy in, it? In the snow, in the heat. I love going in and out. I'm in and out in uh, three and a half days. I love the excitement, but I could not live there. Yeah, okay. it is. Um, wow. Okay, so uh, it's, it's probably it's considered city. the old. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's an amazing city. No, it's okay. so full of energy. Well, at least you liked it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love standing in Times Square and that chaos and feeling like I'm in the center of all of Western civilization or yeah. maybe all of human civilization. It's an amazing feeling, but it's also, extru- it's so over time, overwhelming it, yeah. and intense. It's, it's exhausting. Okay. So now uh, let's go into the Nancy Caldwell, because I thought she was a good person to, to talk to. She's kind of a, um, it, it just pick and choose from the internet. I, I, I she, she considers herself a shaman. She seems more, more like a person to uh, as a go-to figure. I'm not sure if you've heard of her, but um, no, I'm not familiar with her. But yeah, okay. She talks about illness and disharmony, um, in the fact that uh, it's it's not a religion. Okay, it is a spiritual method or technique, right? Correct. Okay. I, I mean, I would agree with that. And yes. probably the, the oldest in the planet. Yeah, probably, um, because it is connected to the earth and humans have always been connected to the earth. Now you know as little as possible it seems unfortunately but but i think that's part of the process that we're going through we're swinging back to that now um i think the connection with earth and and the gifts and the the energies of the earth are growing exponentially people are are becoming more aware and that is why bottom line a big part of the reason a vegan restaurant could Take a risk and open up in Whittier, California, or almost anywhere these days, you know, right, and, yeah. and survive and thrive and be supported by a community that was not screaming for a vegan restaurant by any means. But yeah. especially over the course of the last year, people have become so much more aware of their bodies and the health, yeah, health conscious. Health, yeah. Health. Yeah. I mean, Healthy, we've yeah. all been scared to death for for great portions of the last year and we're wanting to to eat better and to treat our bodies better and being just being a better frame of mind health wise okay yeah okay well sort of they call it uh i guess the word is journeying right well before we get to that like you know i've, I've had vegan shrimp at a at a at a um, chinese restaurant not bad not, it's good i mean it has it has good it it's it's made out of soy, I assume. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably not bad, made yeah. out of um, you know, a mix of things like maybe tapioca flour and Yeah. I We're gonna try it later. Okay. okay. So, but let's talk about this journeying and the, the non ordinary reality. Um are you, is that something that you've gone through, experienced? Because you know, I spoke to I've spoken to people who've who have gone to uh shaman uh weekend retreats. Um, and they put them in, in mud huts and they, they seal it up until they're basically can't breathe anymore and supposed to have a transformational type of thing to it. Um, but t- t- tell us about journeying and then 
uh, how these uh, shaman spirits show up in, as humans or animals? So my experience with shamanic journeying uh, is very internalized. Um, it's like a meditation. Mm-hmm. I have traveled to what the shaman call the underworld many times. In our way of thinking, the underworld sounds like a scary place. You've like, gone to the underworld? Uh, yes. Okay, yes. because uh, I one thing about the underworld that I noticed is that they... Um, that's where most of the um, the bad things come from the underworld, right? But it, you have to compare, um, you know, pre-colonial thinking, what the church would call paganism, probably. You know, there's the shaman are are um, an indigenous culture that have their own way of thinking of things. There, the structure of shamanism is built in the realms of the underworld. The now, mi- the have you got world. night terrors or night nightmares or sleep terrors from the from your uh, journeys into the uh, the underworld? No, 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 no. It's a place of discovery. No. It's, oh, you, so you know, you've had a positive uh, underworld? Uh, oh yeah, there's 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 um there's no nothing scary about shamanism whatsoever. It's all about healing and um and expanding your heart and and um, compassion and reciprocity. And then you've now have you built a relationship with the spirits? That's a big question. Um, yes, but that's a journey that I've been on for the last twenty-five years. Or, okay. oh, um, and it also includes um, meditation and Hinduism. Mm. So. Oh. Okay. Okay. So there's other things, other aspects yes. to it. Now. Um, Let's see. Are you invulnerable to disease? Do you I, consi- I wake up every morning and tell myself that exact thing. Okay. So it's more of a mantra. It's not exactly. Uh, well, you know, human beings are very powerful. I mean, we yeah. can get a cut on our arm and we don't even think about it. It just heals itself. Have um, you been chosen by the shaman spirits? Uh, did they choose you? Traditionally, shamanism... You can only um, consider be considered to be part of the shamanic lineage if you have had a an experience such as being hit by lightning or some amazing, you know, physical experience that you probably should have died from, but you have right. come through unscathed. Okay. I have not had that. You haven't had that. Okay. I have not had that. Um, the shaman that I worked with in Peru, the the main one, um, had been struck by lightning twice okay now um that that's one thing i'm worried about shamans and uh i was kind of concerned about this because um we had the uh and i I spoke to another shaman who was uh like she was a health person and a shaman chiropractor uh this this aspect of being predatory uh being a predator um of course you you talk you, you said you've been in the underworld um, and on that basis, by being from the under, being at the underworld, have you developed certain powers that that um, shouldn't be messing with you, type of thing? Or? No, you should definitely not worry about that. Okay, you really? seem like a very nice person. I, I am mean, a very yeah. nice person. I want very friendly, nothing yeah. but you know, okay, um, yeah. a compassionate life for us all, and um, which again also feeds into um, uh, having this restaurant, Modern Shaman which is completely plant-based and, you know, no animal products. Yeah. Well, so that, that was one of the things 
yeah, no animal. You're, so, you're, you're healthy. You're trying to help people be healthy, right? I'm you're help, trying, trying to help to help, uh, help, help your customers, planet, I suppose. Yeah, and I'm trying to help the animals. It, and it's all, we can't do one without the other. I'm, I'm trying to be part of a new system, a new paradigm that will bring a better life for every one of us. And um, now let's let's get into it. Um, let's talk about the, the way of the shaman. Okay. Now, we, you said it was rooted in nature, right? Yes. You've got some sort of natural connection, yes. right? Yes. Um, and you, your particular tribe that you went to go visit, where is it was in Bolivia and Peru, you said? Um, Peru? Primarily, but I, I, and they're called Akiros. Akiros, okay. Um, I haven't heard of them. They are, they're, they're based in the Cusco area, which is high in the Andes. Not, not super high, but um, we went to higher elevations. They live in, in harmony with, um, with Mother Earth, with Pachamama in okay. every way. They, uh, that, that is Pachamama. She is. They're, she is God. Kachimana so, is is God to them, or yes. okay. Yes. Well, okay. Okay, because uh, I've heard of of the Huichil, I've heard of the Yamo Mamo, uh, and the Tungas, which is originally from Siberia, where the word shaman comes from. Have you heard of the, the uh, you know, cold wolves and ex- Eskimos and that type of thing? When you, when well, you... yeah, like I said, um, you know, a little while ago, sh- shaman shamanism exists in every culture on every continent. So basically, the the way of shamanism is non-attachment, mm-hmm. non-judgment, non-suffering, and to walk with beauty. Interesting. It because it is it's before like any of these other type of things were established. The shamanisms were around before all the other yeah, uh, it's, indigenous. It's, yeah, it's ancient. All right. Um, so now from the Yamo Mama, which is in the jungles of Brazil. Um, now that you know they they have this connection to animal spirits, the jungle jaguars, as it were. Um, and again, it those that went to go visit them talked about pure adventure. Did you get that sense in Bolivia and Peru, where you had you know pure adventure type type of? Um, oh hell yes! Oh my god, it's it's um. I've traveled a lot in my life, mostly um, you know European travel um backpacking or i did that when i was in my early 20s yes all by myself um that was a journey you know but peru was something like i had never experienced you fly into lima it looks like a normal city it's it's um i mean it's almost it's got traffic like crazy traffic buzzing around in these tiny cars and that looked like rome to me but um the second you you get out of the city and into what you know is probably the more authentic Peru, um, everything changes. We we were. It's it's we more of a, like a natural. You, you we feel. Were there, well, yeah. was, we were when you said adventure. Now, did you did you have any connection? Did you have any uh, run-ins with the uh, the Indians there? Well, obviously these were Indians, but like the um, you know the indigenous Indians there. Yeah, we traveled with them every day, and we um, we went to sac- many sacred sites. And so that you, so you like because most of those and the ancestors of most of those people were the Incas, right? No, these are pre-Incan. The people okay, that so we the- worked with, the Kiros, are pre-Incan. Um, in fact, you know the well, they their 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 um, their stories can be traced much further back than the Incan Empire, which actually the Incan Empire only lasted. 
a couple hundred years at the it was just from the like 1400 to about the mid 1500s okay which is when the the conquistadors came in and um they got you know they they basically faded away then yeah they did yeah well the curo survived in in particular because they um they basically escaped up they they you know traveled up into the glaciers into the Andes and just kind of hid out for oh, generations okay. and generations and generations. Yeah. Um, and it was Wait, it's how... only been more recently. I don't I don't know when, but I would say like with you know within the last hundred years, um, probably less actually that they received the message you know from the spirits that they needed to travel back down and integrate with. Uh, you know, society, and start to spread the um, the teachings of shamanism to to help balance, rebalance to others. The world. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, now, when you were in, in Peru, did you sort of side note? Did you did you try any pisco? You tried pisco. Um. Yes, there was one night I did. I. It's. All right. Now, do you notice a lot of the Indians are drunk on pisco? No. No, there's a lot of poverty there. That I think um, there is a corn beer. And Aki. That's right. I couldn't remember the name of it. So that is a much more community-based. You, like you'll just be going down a, a a teeny tiny road, and there's a a barn on the side of the road, and uh-huh. you have a sign, like or there's a flag. I can't remember exactly, but but you get like if you need if you want to stop out and get a drink, but you know within um. Any any country, any society, any um, community that has a lot of poverty, you know, you, you find ways to, to make it through the day, you know, for better and for worse. Okay. But no, I will not say that um, any of the, the Kiro or really any of the the, um, the Peruvians that I had the opportunity to, to, speak to hang out with. Yeah. No, yeah. it was... It okay. was not like a big pisco. Pisco is like because that's, I the... mean it's an interesting uh, dynamic. Um, Latin America, we talk about um, you know the the Indians and how they've been kind of passed o- passed over and trampled on and so forth. Um, but really, you're saying that that the Indians that you're that you've worked with really had no none of that. They were pretty much um, well, well protected by their shamans. Very so. very very spiritual people. They there was. There was no need to alter their states. They're so they're so. Well, when you're when you're in that elevation, there's very few people are going to come up and bother you. (laughs) When we talk about the political situation in South America, and the Indians and the shamans are just completely not have there's not there's not connection to that, uh, as opposed to like the Indians who are who have been kind of kept kept under under wraps of the of the the current system that's, that's already there. So yeah, I mean Latin Amer- I'm Latin American politics is, is a fascinating element uh, yeah, when you really think about it. What what's going on in that situation? Because yeah. yes, yes. I mean there are, there are ancient cultures dealing with um, modern day problems and population. Oh, well, a lot of it is, is like here. A lot of it is like, is like here in many ways. I mean, yeah. Well, they kind of try to hide it in modern day, but uh, it's it's always been that way. And yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on into uh, the shoe foot, shoe foot from the Yamabamo. Um, you know, he talked. He, uh, now there was a UCSB professor named Napoleon Chagnon. Have you heard of him? No. Um, 
Well, he is sort of like a, the Indiana Jones of anthropology, but from what I've read about him, he's more like a, a Belloc. Uh, hmm. Sounds like it. Hmm. But, I mean, I, I think I have to do more research because I, I don't want to discredit the gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, uh, freshmen would, would go into his classes and, and uh, gather into his classes. And, um, and again, um, but, but the concept was, you know, the, they t- the Yamamamo and they talked about the political correctness and the misunderstanding of the entire concept of them, of, you know, the naivety, um, when, they, okay, well, let, let's think about like, for example, when they say that the following quote, every time a shaman dies, it's, it's as if an entire library has been burned down. Does that, well, that makes sense, sense if, it, um, if the, the teachings and the culture are not, you know, in written form if uh-huh. they're, because there's such a verbal tradition, they have that in Africa too, where they they and, sing songs and, and, and um, in Australia with you know the indigenous the Maori there uh, the, the Australian people yeah um, the Aboriginal traditions you know they 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 are very strong in the the verbal lineage verbal and it passes down through you know so through I, I understand generations what you're, what, what you're saying about a, a library is built is kind of burnt down and that's really cool it's a sad thought but um but that's why. It must be, you know, continued to be taught. They, they never developed a li- writing system, did they? Oh, well, they may have now. I mean, they're, they're, they do live in the 21st century. I mean, we, they, they have cell phones, and they're cracking up watching stuff on YouTube. Okay, so they're so, sort yeah, of... Yes, but that is, that's just a, a pastime, you know, while we're traveling in a car somewhere. Yeah. You know, just to entertain themselves. They are definitely... Um, living in the 21st century, but holding tight to the spiritual um, value. Roots, I guess, yeah. Literally. Well, let's, yeah. let's, think it, let's talk about this. Let's, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the Yamomamo, and then you tell me if, if you find anything similar to this. Okay, a lot of them are small, about five feet tall. Yes. Okay, they can track and shoot. They're pretty harsh survivalists. I would say... Um, yes, they are survivalists. And a woman can pretty much put a male, a white male to shame as far as uh, survival. Oh, that, I, I don't know about that because there's no, there's, there's, these people, well, the people yeah, the that I have the different. experience with, it's hard to imagine that because they're so peaceful and so just, uh, you know, huge Interesting, hearts, okay. And I can't imagine a man or, or a, a woman, you know, trying to take anybody down. Really? Okay. Ever? Yeah. Or even well, hun- not not, not even wouldn't, and I'm not talking about fighting, but I'm as far as strength. survival skill, strength. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Something to be proud of. I was being for women. Literal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. Great. Okay. So let's talk more about e- economics. Um. Uh, because you know, economics. We, you know, we talked about the Incas, and the, they, you know, there's an economic system there. Uh, do you, did you notice any economic system? Uh, for example, you know, corn farming and corn beer. Uh, they're not forced to work on the coffee plantations because the shaman protects their corn farm, uh, protects them, and so forth. Did you notice that? Um, my experience was that they are craftsmen. Crafts, yeah. They um, work on textiles. They create textiles that they do sell. Okay. Um, they uh, and this like 
I mean, this is an example. You know, I, I've, I've woven pieces, bags, um, cloths. Cloths, yeah. Um, beading. Um, you know, just all kinds of things. So this the is something rattles. that they've created, a, a cloth yes. of sorts. Yes. Oh, it looks nice, yeah. Much better than the things that they have in Mexico. I think. Yeah, and I've also been to Guatemala. So, you know, it's the, each of Do they have shamans there? Yeah, yeah, they but do I have. I mean, that was um, so. That's the Mayan culture, and of course, um, I went to Tikal, and that was, you know, uh, that was my understanding of Mayan culture was that it was more about kings, kings and lineages, which were not as spiritually based as the shaman. The kings were not healers, but I don't know that much, so I shouldn't okay. go off on. Well, um, now the dangers. Let's go into the dangers um, uh, as far as you know access to good and bad spirits. Um, now, a shaman is a mediator, a priest, and a holy man. Um, and again, they have, there's a true two. They have two realms, right? They cross dimensions. There are there are three three realms, three worlds. There's the underworld, the middle world, which is where we we are, are yeah, humans, and the upper world. Okay. So the and the underworld is ruled by a uh, serpent snake, mm-hmm. but there there is no dark connotation. Um, it's just in shamanism, all creatures are valued and um, are valued for the for what they bring. So that's the underworld is serpent snake. The the middle world where we walk is puma jag rep, represented by puma jaguar adventure. Um, also, the hummingbird lives here with us, and the hummingbird represents our ancestors who lead us on our shamanic journeys. Okay. And then the upper world is, is ruled by eagle condor. Oh, a condor. Okay. So, eagle, serpent snake, serpent snake um, in the, it's a, like a northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere thing, snake in the northern, serpent in the south. Puma jaguar, puma in North, you know, America, Northern Hemisphere, jaguar in the Southern, and then eagle condor. And I did see condor. Condors just fly around. It's like what? Well, yeah, there's that's there's a lot of them there. Yeah, and it's not like you know, buzzards. Yeah, you never see eagles here. Um, it's almost you see condors. I see flying. condors here. Yeah, you can if you you'll you'll see them sporadically, but not as often. Okay. Let's talk about. Um, have, now, you said you have not been chosen, right? In particular, no, I have not. But I don't know if that is a um, a formal requirement anymore. They, maybe, maybe it uh, where you where you where you went. It, maybe it wasn't as much because we. Were but more, I think traditionally, yes, it is. I have okay. heard those stories. For sure. What about mental illness? Um, because you know you're going into these altered state of consciousness that, like you mentioned, um, and often does re- involve. Um, Psilocybin, which is the active ingredient in magic mushrooms, um, or brainwave patterns, um, and then ayahuasca, and then sometimes it's just uh, drum beats, right? Yeah, yeah. The rattle, okay. the rattle, rattle of the drums. The you rattle. have a drum there. So that can put you into a into a, a trance state. Um, I would call it more of you know a meditation. It, I would be more comfortable with, but yes, um, that. It's the same thing, basically. Um, it's very relaxing and, and, and meant to be healing. Um, the other, the other thing, the psilocybin. Um, I mean, that's 
that's something that happens around here all the time is, you know, kids <laughs> that um, are still doing that. I mean, I did that when I was 19. But the ayahuasca is the main plant medicine that's associated mm-hmm. with um, Amazonia and shamanism. And the shaman that I that we worked with and we traveled with, the way they explained it was ayahuasca is a very, very, very serious, powerful, powerful medicine. And it's not meant to be taken lightly. If you are okay, sick. Okay, it's a traditional thing. If you are sick, if you have disharmony or disease, then ayahuasca is a powerful tool. But it should be thought of as like a chemo. I mean, if you didn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't just do chemo. Um, for for um, entertainment or recreation, which is how ayahuasca is taken sometimes within our culture. Um, so no, I did not do that because I, I do not have a sickness in that way. Okay. And in fact, I want to this is a perfect time to say that shamanism is all about healing. It is it is a magic magical, you know mystical, ancient form of healing through clearings, through energy work, through chakra work, so that you never have to get sick in the first place. Okay, so it's prevention. It is, yeah, very okay. proactive type of medicine, type of healing. All right, so we, we, we've covered the positive. Let's get more into the uh, negative, which is more interesting. And I hope you don't mind this. Um, well, I don't I'm know. not going to put mean, you too far into the spot. Yeah. No, um, that's fine. I don't, um, because you I said don't you've been to, to the underworld with the evil spirits. No, no evil spirits. There are no evil you, there's spirits. There's no. There were no evil spirits. No, I, I traveled to the, um, to the underworld, to to find my totem. Your totem, to yeah. To find my, um, you know, or also known as a spirit animal. Spirit animal. Okay. And what was your spirit animal? Uh, so you could get into that. Um, it's kind of funny. So it's a very, it's a deep meditation. It's almost like you leave your body. I I was sitting on a couch in a. Um, my and my teacher's home in phoenix and it's a guided she it was a guided meditation with her and you know we're gonna go find your totem your spirit animal so she guides me down and and into a forest and into a pasture and there there's a, a row of trees there very dense forest and um she says, so call forth all of the animals that come to your mind. And so I do. And I'm like a gorilla. I'm just, they're just popping into my head. You know, I, I call forth a gorilla and a gorilla walks up. And I've got this ringing in my ear all of a sudden. Just really. Really? Okay. And um, so I'm, the gorilla walks away. A cow walks up. And a kangaroo. Gorilla and a cow, okay. Like all these, oh, good. those are good animals. So far, animals. you've got some good animals. There. And you know yeah. what happens, which honestly makes so much sense for me. A little black dog finally walks up, and, and the ringing dog, in yeah. my ear just stops. And I knew, and that was it. Wow, okay. that was it. The also, the, uh, yeah. the you know the um, the hummingbird has extreme significance to me as well. Uh, most people, you know, have multiple totems, multiple multiple spirit animals that come to help in whatever given situation to give yeah. strength. 
What about the conflict with the conflict? Uh, those people that have conflicts, like for example, um, if you say no to the sh to the to the spirits, you could have bad car negative karma. Well, that that is something that can happen in any um, sp spiritual approach or any any daily life of anyone. So we are. I believe we are here with free will, and that's the definition of free will. If you want to say no to something, um, you, you you may have to pay the consequences for it, which is um, karma. Yeah. But you're gonna have to uh, you burn know, off. Well, what? Yeah, like for example, ste uh, stealing souls. Uh, a shaman, if they do so, you know, maliciously, or they engage in any of these activities, the seeds of that is that's that's bad karma, right? That sounds like that would be a yeah. That would be. A have you ever so, have you ever done that? No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. I'm all about the opposite, and, and all of my the the uh, you know, all of the experiences I had with the shaman are about the opposite. They they may um, they may do clearings to you know bad things can attach bad dark forces or you know um, negativity. Yeah. Can attach to to people and often do yeah and um and it can start to have phys bad physical implicate you know it can make you sick it can okay it can you know really start to grab onto you or literally your physical organs yeah and um that can happen in all kinds of ways that's scary to think about i know and um but people should actually probably think about it a little more you know why? Why am I? Why am I sick? There's no reason for me to be sick, but it, it's maybe something that is energetic and not totally physical, but manifesting in a physical way. Wow. Okay. Have you ever played telephone with the spirit? So, for example, if you can't solve something, uh, can you can you summon another? Have the spirit summon another spirit that that brings you the? Well, like playing telephone. I now think you're still you're still a uh, low level shaman, right? I think that my, my experience with that is I reach out to all kinds of spirits, if you want to call them that, but that includes my loved ones. Um, I mean, my dad is whispering in my ear. My dad died 16 years ago. Oh, okay. He's, he's, whis he's, he's whispering in my ear all the time. Okay. Um, he, so there's that kind of spirit, you know, there's, um, angel spirit, archangels who carry mm -hmm. a lot of power. There's, um, the spirit guides that, mm -hmm. that, um, I believe that we, that come with us to kind of watch over us in this life and guide us Yeah. so they can help. But, and there's also ourselves our intuition, our higher self, our soul. I think we're, yeah. we're constantly be gui being guided by all those spirits all the time. And literally, there are some times when, in my life, when I have like maybe lost something, like my keys, just something uh -huh. really mundane. And I'll just sit down and shut up, turn off my brain, stop talking in my head, and just sit down and listen. And I'll... And it'll come, you know, like someone it'll, will it'll tell get me. There, yeah. um, it's a form of telephone, I think. So now, how did you find yourself um, putting up a restaurant in a, um, in in like a little, um, you know, in a suburban city? 
Okay, so so we went to in the uptown. Um, just two seconds of background. Um, for 16 years, I was a sales and marketing director at a like 20 million dollar apparel manufacturing company, which is why I went to New York five times a year for uh -huh. 15 years. Um, I the time came when it was just time for me to go um, to leave that career, and I knew that I always wanted to be my own boss. I knew that um, I worked I worked really hard, and I might as well do it from my own profit than someone else's. This, that was the idea. It doesn't necessarily work out that way, but um, that was the idea. So I had been trying to manifest a restaurant for 10 years and okay. never never could pull together re the resources. I mean, it's it's a big capital investment to, to, to find a place, create the space, build the kitchen, bring in the inventory, hire all these people. It was... It, it was a big deal. Okay. So I could never pull it together. So I thought, okay, if it's not a restaurant, I'm going to do real estate. So I started my own business in real estate, and I did that for a few years. And that is when this opportunity to travel to South America came up. It was kind of a trip of a lifetime. We, um, we, we went. We, there was a lot of preparation because we, like, physical preparation and oxygenating our blood for weeks before we went because of that we knew we were going to be at just like a 14,000 feet by the third day of the trip not a lot of acclimation and um uh, altitude sickness is a really real not good thing very painful so we we are in peru we're on this trip of a lifetime it's amazing back to the adventure part that you asked me i was going to say um there came a point a week or two into the trip where i would wake up and wonder how will we almost die today <laughs> between the, the the cars and the the buses the big the big bus on this dirt cliff road um um the train rides the plane rides just all over but now all of that th this is one thing now, now, that, now that you've gone through this um and I, I spoke this with the other shaman uh when i was asking her um do you, do you consider yourself like psychic in in some ways do you I, have any psychic powers psychic uh i feel like i have an extremely strong intuition okay which is different than being a psychic i yes. guess um, because, you know, I worry about that because, you know, a, a psychics can be predatory um, in the sense that they use their psychic powers to, to advance. But I'm not getting that sense from you. Uh, do you consider, do you, maybe, maybe, maybe you're more subtle in, in what you're doing. I, like I said before, I, I truly walk in the light. I, my, my, I have put myself into this life with the mission of reducing suffering increasing compassion and um and feeding people well nurturing them that is i can't explain it it's just uh, honestly what comes i have to be that way I, and i've surrounded myself with people who or i've attracted my attracted maybe people who who are um who just are that way have you engaged in cannibalism at any time of your life shut up <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding no i have not eaten um any meat let alone okay. human, human meat. meat. No human meat since uh, since I was 21 years old. Um, so so it's been a long um, a long 
Well, speaking of that, you're gonna we're gonna sample some uh, shaman cuisine at this. Uh, We're gonna we're gonna sample some some shaman uh, delicacies, I guess they call. Okay, let's let's uh, get those. I just want to finish my quick story about um about how this place actually got birthed and came into being. Can could you put through um, jackfruit nachos and the mama kia? Would you like chips? That are house it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'll, I'll take any, any of them. No. Okay, great. So just um, the quick version of the story of Modern Shaman. We returned from our trip to throughout South America, um, came back to reality. You know, it was kind of a weird re-entrance and going back to real estate and Michael and my husband. Go- okay, so you went back to, back to your, your so day, came, yeah, day job. We came, we came back home and... Um, Within a week, well, while we were in Peru working with the shaman, we did almost daily um, ceremonies and rites and rituals and nothing, nothing weird at all. It was just really about setting intention and manifestation and letting go of what no longer serves. So um, we, we come back, uh, about a week passed, and it was like that weird week between Christmas and New Year's where nothing's really going on. Everybody's just kind of relaxing. And Michael, my husband, calls me, and he goes, um, Kim, I think I just bought the restaurant next door because he owns the restaurant right next on door. On the other side, yeah, which is a bar also, right? It's a, it's a pub. It's a, um, he has, he's, he's got full menu, um, but his thing is craft beer, yes. Okay. Now, so, so, okay. so, um, they made a deal right here. The owner of this, of the place, the woman that owned the place here before us, they basically shook hands on it on the sidewalk. Um, we, you know, we we had the amount, the purchase amount mm-hmm. in the bank, um, and. We just, we bought this space just on faith. And I said to Michael, you know, it's, but it's got to be vegetarian. I didn't even say, I didn't say vegan. I just said vegetarian. Ultimatum, yeah. And he's like, you know what? It's okay. Um, Whittier's ready for it. Well, and it's interesting because they don't just, advertise it being it. vegetarian. Um, so someone would just walk in here and be like, cool, sh-, you know, I'd like to try something well, from this uh, shaman thing. Yeah, and that then- was actually, that's actually very intentional. That was my goal. Um, as I said, you know, in the beginning of our talk today, um, it's not that Whittier was, you know, screaming out, we need a vegan restaurant. You know, no, it's it's um, it's not something that is a big part of, you know, th- this okay. community. community. However, let's, let's talk about the, the community. Um, now, you've, you've settled in this uh, this area, which is, uh, you know, they've got alleyways in the back and whatnot. Um, but I'm, I'm really uh, one thing. I, my Maverick News Hands also, you know, I'm a journalist, so we try. One thing I'm trying, I'm doing a story is on, um, is, and again, <laughs> you have, I apologize, but last, the last few podcasts have been about movies. So I did watch a Mel Gibson movie, and he talked about, uh, quote unquote, subversives. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering, does, you know, how does that, does that, does that qualify or quantify with the concept of being a subversive um, as a shaman? Um, do you consider yourself in that, in that, well, obviously you wouldn't admit it, I guess. Um, subversive. There's certainly not uh, subversive. Now I, I can't, I can't 
qualifier. I can't uh, prove it, but I'm trying to prove that there's a lot of subversives who occupy this this general vicinity, you know, the stores and whatnot, uh, and people, maybe residents who, who kind of circulate in the area. But in it's hard. Here? I think they've been here for for decades. Yeah. I think those. Well, gosh, I. But not as much. I think they I they move know. out. They they move to other places because it, most of uh, most subversive people are transient in in a way. I think. So I'm not really. I'm not sure what you're talking about specifically. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like you're being uh, cross-examined by, uh, no, that's by a congressman. You know, yeah. All perspectives are really interesting to me. Um, I don't have you under subpoena, so I can't. Uh, <laughs> no, no, um, I haven't. No, I subversive. That's a really interesting word, um, and there's so many types of subversion. Yes. If you're being, you know, politically subversive or um, engaging in in witchcraft, as it were. <laughs> I feel like yes, you're talking about a different kind. Yes. Well, no, I mean a lot of the you know people who are who are one thing about subversives and and me as a journalist, I should be very wary of this. Even even in the United States, where we're we're relatively well protected. But honestly, like if I were to go to Peru, for example, um, I would not tout democracy in Peru um, because I, in my opinion, I don't think Latin America is ready for that. But here in the United States, especially here. For example, as a journalist, any journalist that tries, they a lot of these people who 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 are quote it's my opinion. And I, this is a whim. Um, I gotta prove it. I gotta go out and prove it somehow. Uh, if I get the funding, uh, I haven't gotten the funding for that yet. Uh, but I have to go to places like this and and um, and just figure out what it is that these uh, that you know what they're doing because I think a lot of them are very good at this thing, which is journalism writing and, and press stuff um but they don't engage in it and of course mm -hmm. according to this and and it's sad because it's just a movie um and it's mel gibson who of course was touted being anti-semitic and whatnot and all that yes. nonsense um now he's on probably on the uh, the subversive um thing but he said that, they, that a lot of them are on corporate payroll and i've been walking around here and i'm noticing that um uh, you know a lot of these little stores have like uh, products and things like that that seem to be mass mass production type of things. So you wouldn't see that the mom and pop store would just get this product. You know where where's it coming from? Um, so that's one thing I'm looking into. Um. Oh my god! So the state of American retail is a whole. That's a whole podcast right there. No, it's, it's mean, heavy, it's, heavy consumption and you know, really, big, big machinery. I think this, this area is super unique because there is no gap on the corner and there's no. Cheesecake Factory, it, you know, next door to me. There's a cafe down the block right there. But I, I wouldn't say it's corporate type thing. No, yeah. but I'm saying that, that um, the corporate machine has not moved in here, that it is all... That remains to be seen because a lot of these little mom, quote-unquote mom and pop places, which are uh, might have pay on the payroll or some sorts. Oh, gosh. I don't know. You gotta find. Know. How do you prove that? Yeah, they can hide their. Um, I don't know. We had, you have to. And then if you say, if you are one of those, you, as I a shaman, will say you have to want to be here. You have to want to be Please here to run a business in this community. You have to be part of the community. Um, nobody's getting rich here, and if they're on some kind of dark agenda, corporate payroll, I don't think this. I think I think that would be a. Yeah, I don't know. I don't that's think it's a, a dark agenda being being at, in oh, that. Oh, that's that's the impression I got. No. Um, I I guess it would be well. It depends. I mean, on on what you're what you're trying to accomplish. You know, for example, if uh, socialism, people who are socialist, obviously try to be more, you know, under the surface type of thing. Uh, 
So you know, it could be it could be a socialist thing where mm-hmm. you know. Well, I will say Whittier has incredible diversity. So um, the the city government is pretty conservative, pretty um, kind of not progressive. There, there's um, a lot of people in this city who prejudice and whatnot. That. Yeah. And then, um, you know, want to keep the status quo, but then there's also a huge population of people who are more progressive, and um, that is all coming to light more and more since, since you know. Yeah, well, there's a little college in the back here, Nixon's old college, and um, you know, it's it's kind of cool to be to be within that, um, even though it's like a you know very small uh, liberal arts college, not a lot of students. But it could, it's kind of cool to be in that yeah, in that Whittier, atmosphere, you know. Whittier College has a great reputation, from from what I understand. Um, um, I don't. Yeah, there is some interesting Nixon interest. Um, well, see the thing, not, this know, being Nixon's old hometown. Into, well, I think he just went to college here. I yeah. Mean, well, he was born. In, I think he was born and raised, oh, or whatnot. Anyway, but now you know now is not the time of Nixon. Now is the time of of Bush. The era of Bush, just like following Nixon, you know, when with uh, um, President Ford, President Carter, President Reagan, even Bush Senior, it really was a time of Nixon. In essence, he was really kind of in the shadows, controlling everything. And I think the same thing is happening with Bush right now. And as is you know, this is a political podcast, and, and I think Bush is, you know, Obama was even though Obama was liberal in many ways. Uh, Bush, you're Bush Junior, yeah. Now is the time of Bush. I think so. Yeah. What is that? I don't understand. I think, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it, this is the, the era of, of of George Bush Jr. Do you think he's going to come back and run again? No, I don't think he'll run. I don't, I don't think, I think he, no one really got, investigated him. No one really, you know, because it was, at that time there was, it was sort of a, you know, it was wartime per essence. So you couldn't really active, it was difficult for a journalist to actively pursue him without, um, without being frowned upon heavily. Uh, by a vast group of people, and so he never, you know, none of his uh, misdeeds were exposed. Um, so, unlike Nixon, even though in, you know Nixon was exposed and he was thrown out of office and whatnot, um, he still maintained a lot of a lot of power, a lot of a lot of uh, sway, as it were, in mm-hmm. the political system. Uh, okay. And I think Bush is the same way, more so. Okay, um, and here we have our jackfruit some nachos. modern okay. shaman food. Let's see what they This is the like. jackfruit nachos. So we make our own tortilla chips every day. Um, the homemade tortillas are made fresh. We make them here every day. Uh, we make our own cheese. So it's really creamy and, and rich and delicious and flavorful and not like a lot of vegan cheeses that are, even in my opinion, pretty... Yeah, the, the cheese. I'm not tasting cheese. I'm tasting, um, and for some reason, your your chicken seems really. It seems really natural. Well, that tasting. is actually the jackfruit, and um, we so we take the jackfruit, um, we kind of shred it, which and a jackfruit is a huge tropical fruit that comes out of the Philippines or Thailand or you know, um, tropical climates like that. I mean, it's a huge fruit. It's a foot. Um, tall. So yeah, it's it's a big fruit. 
It is a big fruit. So this we, is a young jackfruit, or yes, a, yes, it's the young green because um, otherwise it gets sweet and kind of turns mangoey. But but we catch it. We catch them when they're um, very very unripe, and then we shred it and we fry it, and then we season it. And it is it's supposed to allude to um, carnitas. I like it. Yeah. Great. Honestly, this is when you're. Yeah, this is this is. If I was, you know, compare this to to bar nachos. I mean, it's it's much better quality than than not most nachos that I've tried. So it's very and I'm it's not very fresh, and it's entirely homemade. There's no, there's no. Uh, it's not devoid of any of the chicken flavor, so it's great. Wow! Thank you. Yeah, you did a good job. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, even even in the cheese, we um, add jalapeno to bring a little. A little of that, you know, spice, a little of the heat, and we we even hand pickle our um, our own jalapenos. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, so the jalapenos are fresh. Okay, and next we have the Mamakia burger, which okay. is a um, a falafel burger, but it incorporates per- Peruvian. Okay. Do you have a knife? Oh yes, Peruvian. It incorporates um, the usual chickpea. Ingredients. Everything is fresh and chopped. You know, like. Okay, I've had chickpea burgers before, so we'll, let's see. Let's try to see what this is. Thank you. So this has um, Peruvian quinoa, which is a, a superfood, um, very very high in protein with complete protein. It has all 23 amino acids. So the vegan um, person who's not eating any meat is getting tons of protein here. Okay, so I'm gonna try this burger. Yes. And then it's topped with guacamole. There's a lot of flavors going on there. Where are my table manners? Okay. Now, the first thing, it's as a vegan burger, I would put this in the upper classes of of vegan burgers. It's not... It's not that. It's definitely not a meat burger. Um, right. That now it doesn't have any of those artificial flavors that can bring it up to par. Um, but it definitely has. You can you can taste the the chickpea and the, you know the the vegan yeah. part. In it. Yeah. But then you've done a really good job with it because you put it, you know you got the guacamole and all that all that good stuff. And that gives it a um, that gives it a uh, a really kind of. If I was to eat a vegan burger, this would be like a a good pick for me. I would say, yeah. Okay, this so, is this is. So we in the ballpark, you know, it's not. I wouldn't say it's perfect, but it's great. It's really good. Thank you. You should be proud of it. Thank you. Um, so our concept as a vegan restaurant is vegan comfort food, plant-based comfort food, and um, w- one of our main goals and the thing that I it knew, does feel like comfort food. I think yeah. I knew that you know if we were going to succeed in this neighborhood with this um, this cuisine. That it needed to be filling and satisfying and super flavorful. I didn't. I could not open with a whole menu full of salads. Yeah. Although we do have great salads. You do have salads, but yeah, just having salad at a, at a restaurant would be sort of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Our salads are are bowls. They're quite large, and they are uh, each in their own way, chock full of protein and um, and you know plant carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, we make all of our own dressings. Everything here really is pretty much made from scratch, except for we do have the Impossible Burger, 
we have the Beyond Burger. Oh, you have those are, okay. Those are two, you know, meat meat type meat of things. I'd be interested to try those one day. Yeah, um, I would. We yeah. do a vegan fried chicken. Uh huh. And then uh, we also do a a po boy, and going really? back to your your the vegan shrimp that you had, we don't really use that kind of um, processed, you know, f- fake meat. Um, yeah. In in the po boy, we're using uh, fried oyster mushrooms. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've tried. I've actually tried that mushrooms with uh, in burgers. It's, it it can work. Yeah, I, We've had to really. Um, you know, explore and create new ways of seasoning and spicing and um, not to necessarily make anything taste like meat because me, I, as a vegan, I don't want to taste meat, you know? I, so, yeah, I wouldn't so, want to either. But people who come in here most of the time, really, honestly, um, you know, are not necessarily vegan or vegetarian and they, they do want that, that meat experience. So I'm sure they do, yeah. So we have that too. Okay. So is anything else coming or is this it? Um, this is all I, I, I started with. Do you, okay. Would you like to choose something else as well? Uh, no, I think I got a pretty picture of it. And I okay. think um, okay. I, we wanted to find out if it was good. And I, I think it is good. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you think it is, yes. Yeah. Well, okay, Kim. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad we got to talk about shamanism. I got, we got to figure out mm-hmm. what it's all about. Uh, we talked a little about politics and whatnot. And we tried some of your food, which was really good. So thanks for uh, uh, thanks for being a guest on this podcast, and um, good luck with your restaurant. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Redmond Life. Simple, clean, and real. Redmond, live your journey with real salt. Relight, powered by real salt. Relight stick packs. Earth paste and natural clay-based tooth powder. Available at a natural food store near you, online or at redmond.life.com. Also available on our website, maverickneweshound.com.